Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then there was five people left after the kids. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Do you know, I just want to say before we come around the world uh, this morning, you know, how uh, truly grateful I am to the, to the musicians, the singers, the worship leaders, um, you know, those who minister to us, those who do the interlude and the announcements, the technical guys that you don't even see this morning that are in the studios getting the service out online, the guys that mix the sound, you know, ushering the building. I want to thank you all. Uh, I came in here this morning and everybody is doing... No one has to be asked. They're just doing what's on their heart. And uh, I want to bless you and thank you all. Uh, may God bless you and your families. How great it is to learn the secret of serving. You know, as the Savior taught us, amen, you know, to serve one another. And um, May God bless you and your families richly this year. That's all I can say to you. Great shall be your reward, amen. And thank you very, very much, amen. I want to thank the Lord too for my brother Gavin. Thank God he came through that surgery. Ten and a half millimeter um, kidney stone, a big, big old kidney stone. And he's got a couple of weeks of recovery from that. But thank you for all, all of you for your many prayers and nice comments on our Facebook page, on our prayer life page, and uh, for taking him to prayer. And uh, also, you know, for keeping diligent to the needs of the body and, and watching out not just for your own family and your own life, but watching out for other people's lives and praying for them. So thank you for that, for all of you again that have been praying and those this morning and the pre-service prayer ham. I know there's there's an honorable few that gather. We hope that will grow and lifting up this service and lifting up me this morning to bring the word. So thank you all again. May the Lord richly bless you. Have a wonderful Christmas time. Amen. The birth of our Savior. 2,000 years ago is the most pivotal and important event ever to occur in the entire universe. The incarnation is the eternal witness of perfect love. It shows that God's love is so profound that he was willing to make the greatest sacrifice through the giving of his son in order that the greatest creation, his greatest creation, man, could live forever with him. I want you to think about that. He did it so that you and I could live with him forever. Amen. Lest we come into Christmas and we demean it to some sort of childish behavior of some sort of Santa Claus figure, you know, demean the great event this time of the year when the Christian church begins to give its focus to what we call the Advent. The Advent is a word that is used to describe the four-week period leading up to Christmas. The word Advent means the, the, the coming into place or the coming into being. And uh, so Christians from different denominations, liturgical churches particularly, have a four-week period where they light different cam- candles to celebrate different aspects of church history from the church to John the Baptist was another candle lit for him, another candle lit for the prophets of old and then of, and then of the virgin that gave birth, four candles that would be lit at this time to commemorate the Advent the coming into place of the Savior. But I want to tell you the true Advent story doesn't begin four weeks before 
the birth of the Savior. The true Advent story, friends, goes right further, much, much further back than Matthew or Luke uh, with the story of the Virgin. It actually begins amid the ashes of the fall of Genesis 4,000 years earlier. That's when the true Advent starts. That's when things start to fall into place. 4,000 years earlier, 64 generations before Christ. The $64,000 question, amen. What shall you do with Jesus? But 64 generations earlier at Adam, 4,000 years of history. At Genesis 3 and verse 15, the most pivotal verse in the Bible, in my opinion, it is the cardinal verse in which all the scriptures begin to expound from. When God spoke in the midst of the ashes of defeat, when man had scuntered his chances and his, his position with God, turning to the tree of knowledge, rejecting the tree of life, which is the benevolence and safeguard of God, and, and saying, no, just give me knowledge. I can take knowledge. I can self-exalt. I can self-propel. I can self-embedder myself with knowledge. And bought into that awful, awful placebo that the devil gave him was some sort of hope at the end of that road, friends. And we are coming to a time of history where we're seeing the very natural consequence of man rejecting God and saying, oh, we don't need God. All we need is science. All we need is knowledge. All we need is education. And that is, of course, the folly of our time. That itself, that, that itself is a false science, friends, because science has its limits. And, and, and it can only bring you so far. And of course, we see that God speaks right in the midst of Genesis 3.15. And God speaks to the serpent who deceived Eve. And he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman between your seed and her seed, you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. That's where the advent starts, friends. Amen. That's where things start to fall into place. That is the story, friends, that is unfolding. The Genesis account provides the framework of which all the scriptures begin to elaborate, leading to a stable in Bethlehem and eventually to a cross in Jerusalem. And that is the foundation, that is the, that is the chronological walkthrough, friends, going back 4,000 years earlier. So that is coming to the first advent, the first coming together, the first placement. And it's interesting that even as we journey the next few weeks, we're going to have a, next week a, a word on the nativity and the following week after as we come into Christmas, of course, the focus becomes more fuller. But we begin to see that as Christ was, being, the plan was being hatched, and Christ was landing on this earth to create a beachhead for the salvation of this world. There was only a couple of people waiting for him. That's all there was, a couple of old fogies holding on to a word in the temple that one day the Messiah was come. The world had fallen into such darkness and apathy and Judaism had fallen into apathy. The religious fever was falling. You know, truth had fallen in the marketplace. The revelation of God wasn't being listened to or watched. People were getting on with their lives, prospering in any way they could, friends. And yet, as the hymn writer says, long lay the world in sin and darkness and error pining till he appeared. Amen. And the soul began to fill its worth. And so as I was thinking of the advent of Christ coming into Christmas, the Holy Spirit redirected me. I believe it was the Lord. And I hope this word this morning will, will, will encourage you somewhat in your Christian journey. But there's two advents. There's not just the first advent where Christ comes in as a baby, there's a second advent as well. The return of the Savior. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Jesus, the word of God commands us that we should not walk in darkness, that these days should overcome us. Amen. That we should walk in the light and be diligent as not a praying man or woman. Even the secular prophets of this world know that we're not long friends for the second coming of Jesus. Something big is happening again. You can sense it in your spirit, amen. You can sense it in your heart that we are closer now than ever before to, this, to the return of the Lord Jesus, amen. The second advent, what? And I, the, 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 the question will be this, are you ready, amen? Are you watching? Are you waiting? Are you listening? Are you sensing what God is doing? Are you seeing in the spirit? Are you hearing the overtures of God through his word or through the Holy Spirit? As you spend time with him, I have you an ear to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. You can get caught up in all the drama, friends. Um, I'm, I'm no exception. I get caught up in the drama. I love Christmas. I love the time of giving. I love the food. I love the grandkids. But I have to get back to proper concentration. We are not playing some fable here this morning. Amen. We're living in a real world, friends, with real difficulties, real spiritual attack, real real shakings going on in the heavens and on the earth and the systems of that man has taken centuries to build are crumbling before our very eyes and so i want to talk strangely enough about the second advent strangely enough and it took a lot of tearing in my heart to go away from the first advent because we haven't yet even got into it in our church we sang some of the nativity songs this morning but I do think there's going to be plenty of time for us to enjoy the first advent. But I want to talk about the second advent. The coming of the Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 24, the Olivet Disclosure is one of the largest expoundings of Christ upon the end times. And I, I just want to turn and read a portion of scripture. And again, this is to give us hope. Amen. Can you say amen this morning? You're not to be fearful. You're not to be fearful. There is something very releasing and very, very liberating for the Christian when we see the plan coming together. Amen. I don't like the Olivet Disclosure because of many of its woes, friends. I don't like that time and the natural consequence of man's rebellion and turning away from God will reap an awful havoc upon this world. I don't like it. Some of us may have to go through that and suffer that. There's different opinions within Christianity, whether we're out before that happens or whether we go through it or, you know, none of that gets me up or gets me down, friends, to be honest with you, because in all circumstances, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. Hallelujah. I am till he says I'm not. And the grace of God is upon you and I in measure, friends, that will see us through the worst of storms. I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. So Matthew 24. Let me just read you a little bit from this because we're really going to be going to Matthew 25. For, for, but I want to give you the background. This is, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. They ask him you know, the sign of his second coming, the sign of his age, the age of him coming. Now he sat down, verse 3, in the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him previously saying, tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? So this is the second advent we're talking about, friends. And Jesus answered and said to him, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Now hear this. See that you are not troubled. Just stop. You know, can you, can you hear the heart of Christ? He's going to tell you some terrible things that have to happen. 
The rebellion of man is terrible, friends. Turning away from God has got terrible consequences. Terrible consequences. We're coming into the apex of what that means for civilization, for our species. Technology has propelled us, friends, to a place where we can do some incredible things, but also we have the ability to destroy ourselves hundreds of times over and the propensity to do it. Amen. And should it not be for the restraining hand of God, let me tell you, World War III, our worst would have happened a long time ago. It's been a restraining hand of God that has kept us from destroying ourselves. Amen. But there'll come an end to time where these things will naturally be released. The natural consequence of man's rebellion, the natural consequence of man's greed, the natural consequence of man's abuse of the planet, man's turning away from God is going to lead to sickness, pestilence, wars, rumors of wars. It's not a happy story in that way, but Jesus said, see to it that you're not troubled. Oh, hallelujah. Before you go another step this morning and we read this, you need to understand you're not to be troubled. This is the season of goodwill. And let me tell you, it has never changed. Goodwill is not seasonal. It's annual. Amen. It's every day for the Christian to imbibe a revelation that Christ has come. The babe has left the cradle. He has gone to the cross and now he's glorified. Amen. And he will come back. It's coming together. The advent is coming into place, friends. And the prayers and thoughts and hearts of his church are saying, even so, come, Lord Jesus. And even all of creation, the Bible says, is groaning and laboring for a revelation of the sons of God. The planet is crying out for him, friends. The stones are crying out because people have stopped calling on his name. Mountains are breaking forth and volcanoes are spilling out the rash. Let me tell you, this planet is saying, come Lord Jesus. We have enough of man's abuse. We have enough of the dominance of sin and Satan over this world. And Jesus said, see that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Nation will rise up against nation. That's ethnos against ethnos. Have we seen that recently, friends? Ethnos against ethnos. Race against race, friends. The division that sin brings. The awfulness to divide people on skin color. The awfulness to divide people on socioeconomic backgrounds or education backgrounds. The awfulness of sin going right down that we would reject our brothers on such trivial issues. How oh, it tells you of the nature of the beast of sin, friends. It knows no boundaries when it can cause such horrors to come out of all of us. We've all got the ability to be evil. Nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. And many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will wax cold. What a frightening possibility for those friends who absolutely don't continue to walk in faith. Because that's the battle for you and I, friends. The just not only are saved by faith, but the just live by faith. And the battle for you and me in this time, friend, regardless of what comes down the road or what is upon you, 
And some of you are going through the trial of your life. Some of you are, are, are facing economic, massive economic problems. Some of you are facing massive health issues. Some of you have, you, you have peripherations of your family unity. Things are coming into your world that are, that are shaking you. You're being dealt with stresses that you've never had before. Mask mandates, isolation, staying away from people, staying in your own headspace too long. There's so many things that are coming against you. And I want to tell you, friends, this morning that God is telling you you're not to be troubled. He's with you. Those things will have to happen, but you're going to come through it. Amen. You're going to come through it. It's coming together, friends. And he goes on, and I don't want to read all Matthew 24, because I'm telling you, if you don't read it with the faithful glasses, you will end up in despair. Amen. Because they just read the scriptures by faith. Amen. They understand that there is, a, that there is these natural things that will occur, friends, these natural havocs that will hit the world. But they understand there's an overarching reality, amen, that he rides above the flood this morning. He's above it all, friends. And all things work together according to his word, friends. Hallelujah. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but God orders his steps. And behind all this, this supernatural outworking of the, not just the justice, but the love of God will be seen by all. So you can go through all the Matthew 24 and you end up in Matthew 25. And that's why I want to just leave some hope with you today. And this coming into the second advent. And I will be going back to the first advent later in the week, in the, in the month. But this is a wonderful, wonderful, reassuring word from Jesus. He tells them a parable. And he tells them a parable, friends. And you must understand the words of Jesus weigh very heavily and need to be, need to be listened to very carefully. Many people read the parables of Christ and go away with their, because they have a faulty lens in how to read the scripture. They go away with a bent and they create more fear than what's necessary. Amen. They don't create faith, they create fear. And Jesus is trying to reassure his people. I don't want you to worry. Amen. And then he tells them, Matthew 25, then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps, went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps, took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose, trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, no, lest there should be not enough for us and for you, but go rather to those and sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were, who were ready went in with him and at the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. I don't know about you. I know, I know, I know many of you, I know most of you here actually, but I know, and I know when we personally converse, most of us here are on the same page. It could be tomorrow. We just don't know, friends. It's, it's closer than ever before. But this is a fascinating parable, one which I believe is written to absolutely give you confidence rather than put you on the fear side. I always read it in a way that, oh, I'm biting my nails. Do I have enough oil in the tank? Like so many Christians. But Jesus is speaking to a general congregation and he's speaking into, a, he's speaking, the paradigm he's speaking into, he's speaking to two sorts of groups of people. 
He's speaking to wise people and foolish people. He's already dispensed in Matthew chapter 7 who the wise ones are. The wise ones are the ones who build their lives upon his word. Amen. He's already told them who the wise are. He's reminding his disciples. But there's another group of people there who also are looking for a Messiah, but are not building their lives upon the words of Christ, but upon the Torah, upon the Jewish traditions. And so as they're waiting for a Messiah, they're building their faith and their hope into their, their meritocracy of how well they can behave for God. Now, and that's the, that, Martin Luther used to say, anytime you see two groups of people, they're normally referring to two covenantal thinkers. And generally speaking, that's absolutely correct in the scriptures. It's a very good uh, you know, hermeneutic to, to, to look at the scripture on. And here there's two groups of people looking for the same thing. But one, he's speaking, they're the wise. And I want to say this morning to you, Christian, you are the wise one. Because you built your life upon the rock. Amen. You have the Holy Spirit. He is not just with you, he's in you. You've been sealed, the scripture says. The hallmark is on the silver. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And all these awful events of Matthew 24, as they're real and they're starting to happen now, friends, and they're horrible. And there's not one Christian who's on their way to heaven is not burdened for the sick and for the poor and the needy. There's not one of us today that's not broken for the world around us or to hear the devastating stories that are coming in on a moment-by-moment level. But I want to tell you, as for me and my house, friends, the peace of God is your inheritance. The peace of God is your inheritance, friends. And Jesus is telling this parable not to put the scares upon you, but to show you something about your faith. Amen. It's interesting to know that both sets of people slumbered and slept. Amen. They all slept. Oh, make sure you don't sleep. Let me tell you there's a great rest in covenant. Let me tell you there's a great rest when the storm is coming into the boat and you're able to lie down on the pillow. Amen. There's a great rest in knowing that he just told me not to be troubled. Amen. He just said you're not to be troubled. He didn't say that the Jews and the Gentiles around him shouldn't be troubled. They need to wake up. You need to wake up that the storm is coming and you have nothing in your tank. And all your scientists and all your education and all the king's horses and all the king's men are not putting Humpty together again. It's over, friends. Man has put his best into the frame. The best scientific t- minds have thrown it at it. And yet we come back to deal with not just pestilence, it's the heart of man. It's the unregenerate heart of man, the man that has rejected the true knowledge of God. But to the virgins, talk about the church, who have built a house upon the rock. Thank God this morning that the Holy Spirit lives in you. See, the Jews built their, their confidence upon a law that was fastly fading. Paul said the glory was beginning. No sooner had Moses lit with the glory of God, it started to fade. He didn't walk around the next day with a big glowing face. It had a glory for a moment, friends. There was something that was admirable to the Jew that would walk a journey with God by faith. But it had a glory that was diminishing that would die at the advent of Christ coming into the world. The advent of Christ put an end to religion. The advent of Christ put an end to all your effort and all my effort. Amen. All the glory that we think that we can add to him. It all dies. It fades. 
Hebrews tells us they had a fading glory, a feeding glory. And so the men and women that are relying upon how much I've prayed, how much I've done, how much I've given, how much I've, the, the, the spiritual treadmill that they put themselves on, they're going to burn themselves out. But I want to tell you, let not your heart be troubled. Hallelujah. Don't be frightened, Christian. Don't be driven by the CNN and the Fox News and the RTE and the BBC, whatever you watch. Hallelujah. Don't be listening to them, friends. Listen to Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Five were wise. That's the new covenant. That's the ones that put their confidence in Christ, built their world, built their lives upon the words of Jesus. You can have a rest this morning. And I want to tell you that is your inheritance in Christ. And the Bible says, strive to enter that rest, strive to enter that rest because everything in you would say that's not for you. The natural man, these things are alien to him. The natural man still has Adam's thinking. Adam's thinking was the curse, friends, that I can do it or I must do it on my own. That somehow I have to bring to the table and add to the work of God. That somehow I have a part of my own salvation. You know, we misquote the scriptures. It's restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Will you ever get it right when we sing? It's not my salvation. I couldn't save myself. He designed the salvation. Hallelujah. He designed, friends, a God man. He designed, friends, something far better than Superman. Amen. Came in and defeated and broke the powers of darkness. Changed the heart, friends. Changed the mind and the conscience. Made us born again in the spirit of God. Refreshes us moment by moment by his, the virtues of his body and his blood. Hallelujah. Don't be troubled, please. Don't be scared to read Matthew 25. Don't be scared of what they tell you, friends. Because God is in control. And there's a rest in God. There's a rest in knowing that. There's a rest to be able to say, do you know what? Things are not great physically for me. Things are not great even financially for me. There's troubles all around. But you know what? It is well with my soul. Spoke to a woman. I can't mention her name at Feed Cork. She doesn't come to church here. But she gave her life to the Lord. And she's on in the, she's, she's advanced in years. And she suffers from just depression. I mean, if you knew her lifestyle, she had kids out of wedlock going back in the day. That was very socially awkward back then. Lived with her parents. And, and all, these, all these depressions came upon this poor woman. And grew up into it. And it caused mental sickness in her. And you hear the story. It's tragic. I'm just sitting there and I'm weeping for her. And she's telling me the history. But I know she loves God now. And I have to say, I, I said her name. Just say her name is Mary. It's now Mary, I said... I need you to listen. And if you can't hear, ask God to give you a revelation of how forgiven you are and how loved you are. Now, that's not going to change your past, but it'll change your present and it will make your future secure. Amen. And you have to hear the word of the Lord, Christian, this morning, because whatever took place up to one second ago is finished. Right now, you need a revelation that you don't need to worry. That he has provided in the new covenant. He has given you the Holy Spirit. That's a spirit of intercession, friends. And the Holy Spirit will stoke you in its intercession and in prayer. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. I don't want to tell you, you're better led than what you realize. We battle through and we underestimate and under egg, if you ask me, how awful our actual DNA slash old nature is. Man, salvation was not an incidental work. Dealing with the greatest of his creation. 
Man is the only creation that God has created that can stand in two feet and face God. He created us to stand upright in his presence. He created us for fellowship. He created us with an intellect ability, friends, far beyond any, any created being. A soul, a spirit, a relationship. And yet when that went south, the complications, you know how complicated you are. Just take your own life. Man, we're complicated. We are the best the technicians can't fix us. The best that shrinks. No matter how much we educate, someone once said we're educated above our intelligence. You know, that might be true. Maybe it's not education you need. Maybe we need to unlearn some things. Maybe we need to say this. You know, I, I've just got beyond myself. I'm way beyond my pay grade. I, I, I'm not God and I never will be. Maybe I need to learn a lesson like a wise man called Job did. And even though I could argue, I'm better off learning the lesson of not arguing. Put my hand over my mouth. Humble myself. Instead of being Mr. Smarty Pants, thinking I could interview God, thinking I can put him on the podium and cross-question him. Put him in the dock. You tried. We've all tried it. But I tell you, friends, you don't put him in the dock. He's, not ever, he's never in your dock. He's never in my dock. That's all in your head. He dwells in inapproachable light and what would be, he will call it to be, amen. You were dealing with God Almighty and his benevolence of love has already been displayed and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we crucify him, when we said, give us Barabbas, when we said all manners of evil against him, friends, when we walked in utter darkness and disobedience and hatred for righteousness, Christ showed forth his love to us, friends. And I want to tell you, the season of God's goodwill and love hasn't changed one iota. The question is, are you ready to open your heart to it? Are you ready to re-embrace it as a Christian? Or if you're not a Christian for the first time in your existence, humble yourself and say, I embrace this. Because I'm telling you, he is coming back. And the whole of creation is creaking. This world is falling apart. This world that he gave us stewardship with. This world that so many Christians are playing stupid games against climate change. He gave us a planet to look after. But us in our capitalistic greed. The natural. I'm not against capitalism. It's the best that a man can think up. But oh, how fallen short it is. Oh, how fallen short it is. Want to go to the other side, the communists? Oh, how fallen short it is. It's the best of a natural mind. It's not a supernatural mind. It's not supernaturally led. It's carnally led. And all the folly of these systems that are falling right, left, and center, just falling dead before our eyes. No answers. And in the midst of that, he says, I'm coming back. And I want to tell my wise church, do not fear. I put the Holy Spirit in you. Don't trouble yourself. Enjoy the rest. I will wake you up at the right moment. Amen. And we're all being woke. We're all, I was going to say we're all being woke. I believe we're all being righteously woke to see what God is truly doing in this time and to begin to embrace the comfort of his word because there is no comfort outside of him. There is no other rock besides our God. See that you are not troubled. I have overcome the world. Our Savior, dearly beloved, was born in Bethlehem. And when we have a revelation of this, there is no proper place for sadness or fear, friends. And may God give you a revelation. You say, I have sadness in my life, but no real sadness, friends. 
temporary sadness, a sickness, a bereavement. I'm not saying to be harsh, but I want to tell you a revelation of his love, his continuing, his advent, his second advent, his coming back again. Oh my God, it should bring a comfort to your heart, amen. And to say, you know what, I am a wise one. I'm not going to say I'm wise with my commerce. I'm not saying I'm, very, I'm the number one student. I'm not saying I'm the best employee, best husband or wife. But when it comes to putting my faith in the right place, I've put my faith in Christ. And he says to you, I'm coming back. There'll be enough oil in the tank and you're going to come in with me, amen. But the man or woman that relies upon their own strength, the man or woman that turns to themselves as their own source and says, well, Jesus is okay for that group of five. I don't need what they have. I can present myself with them on my own. I'll go to the marketplace of religion and barter a higher status there. And then I'll bring that to him. And he says, I never knew you. But that's not you and me, friends. He knows you. He knows you. He loves you. He'll always love you. So don't let this trouble you. So don't let your heart be troubled. And when you see wars and rumors of wars, I talked to a Christian, actually it was my, my cousin on the phone. We, I just love him. He's a wonderful man of God. Plug for John Moore Jewelers. <laughs> And we were, we were talking about this very subject a couple of days ago. And he said, you know, Nick, you said, there's something so... I said it earlier on. It was his words actually rang in my heart. He said, there's something so liberating now to know that <clears throat> pestilence and the time of sorrow is probably here. Because he said, all my young Christian life, when is the end going to start? And feared it, you know. So, you know, you just don't... But now, there is a resolve. My lamp is trimmed. The oil of the Holy Spirit is in the house. I'm not relying upon myself. I'm relying upon him. And I'm ready to go into him and meet with him when he comes back to be with us. Hallelujah. May God encourage you with the second advent before we go back and, and enjoy the first advent with all its glories and all its richness. Amen. Before we go back to the babe of Bethlehem and the miracle of the exception the God-man, may we all, in the midst of whatever trial, and I'm sure there's many, that you say, I thank God this morning, I am the wise man or woman that has built my house upon the words of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus said. The rock was the words of Jesus. I built upon the words of Jesus. And I will not, my light will not go out because I'm built upon him. Would you stand with me this morning and ask the Lord to give you a revelation of his goodness, his steadfastness, give you a revelation of his covenant of grace that is just flowing towards you this morning, that you and I, friends, will walk like princes among men and not in the fear of, of this world, friends, but in the total reassurance that God is in control, amen, and that he's working everything out to his plan. And you and I, friends, are secure. Hallelujah. You and I are secure this morning. I don't know where my mortgage is going to be paid from. I want to tell you, I don't know either. But I know that the Lord is my provider. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know how I'm going to get through this sickness. Uh, physically, I don't know how you're going to get through. But my God is a healer. Amen. My God can sustain life, friends. And he can make life out of nothing. He can create it, friends. He can take it. And I want to tell you this morning that he is the same yesterday 
and today and forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing has changed, friends. Heaven and earth will pass away. And they will. And there's a release in that. Hallelujah. But my words will never pass away. And he has you in the center of his hand. And 10,000 may fall to your left, friends, and 10,000 may fall to your right. Amen. And there will be sad days. And we will be brokenhearted for so many. We will weep for them and we will reach them as much as we can as God enables us, friends. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and we will dwell in his presence. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He prepares a table for me in the middle of the conflict, friends, in the middle of the storm. Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship him this morning. Ah, oh, the second advent today, Lord. We look forward to you coming back, Jesus. Even come now, Lord. Take us, Lord. We've all had enough of it, Lord. But Lord, we're here. We'll stay as long as you have us here, Lord. And let your strength, Lord, be in us, Lord. Let our determination and our focus be righteous, God. And may they just live by faith, oh God. Live in faith, oh God. By faith, through faith, oh God. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.